Hello, everybody. Thank you once again for joining me on the Speak Life Now radio show. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Speak Life Burrell. Before we get started, thank you all so much for purchasing my book, All or Nothing, My Journey from Bondage to Total Surrender. Thank you so much. And with the holiday season coming up, go ahead on and purchase a book. It's a great gift for someone that you know that... If you read the book, you'll know who to give it to. Or if you think you just might, it makes a great gift for someone. Um, it's a it's a true story, my testimony of triumph and victory, um, as a survivor of so many things, and it's and I'm very transparent. So go ahead and share it with someone else. And also thank you so much for following me on social media. I really really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing the podcast with others and downloading the podcast and listening to the internet radio show that you may be listening to it on today. I really, really appreciate it. Let's go into prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much today. I want to thank you for every listener. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the strength, the push, to persevere today. I want to thank you so much for the resiliency of those that are listening today. Thank you for your precious, precious Holy Spirit with us. Welcome Holy Spirit into this broadcast today. Apply the blood of Jesus over the airways that this word will go forth, that you will use me, totally use me today, Lord. Hallelujah. Take over this vessel today. And I thank you right now in your precious name, Jesus. I just want to thank you all again. And, um, you know, the last couple of messages, embrace for impact. Embrace for impact. And I think I want to stay right there. But we're going to talk about it a little bit differently. Embrace for impact. We know that the spirit of discernment, we know a lot of us have that. And that gift there, it is a gift. It's not a curse. It's a gift. Um, And we got to know what's coming. We got to know that God is raising up those that have been predestined to be watchmen, to be looking out for everybody else, to alarm, not alarm, but warn them and let them know what's coming um, cause that is, it says in the word of God that nothing, nothing come unaware to those that are God, like to his prophets, he's going to reveal it to his prophets. And some people might think, well, why didn't they, why, why didn't everybody know about the pandemic? It's like a lot of us knew something was coming, but we just didn't have full understanding of what we were seeing. Like, even when I said, the Lord said to me, listen for the sound of the breaking. I didn't quite understand what he meant at that time. I shared it with others in hopes that everybody, you know, some, you know, revelation would come. But he let me see the breaking of all those mountains of things, um, according to the scriptures of finances and education and religion. Everything that was broken, the seven mountains, how they came down last year. There was a breaking. There was a breaking. And now he keeps impressing upon me to talk about embrace for impact. But today I'm going to talk about, I want to share a story. I like sharing stories about different people. And um, 
this particular person is Eric Adams. And I'm saying, I want to say it again, embrace for impact. And one of the quotes that he said recently, which I thought it was fitting, where, where you are is not who you are. Where you are, come on here, is not who you are. So Eric Adams was just elected the mayor of New York. Right? The mayor of New York City. And I want to talk to him brief. I don't know everything about him. You can go and look at all the different things. But I'm going to give you a cliff note version of what I, that what, what really caught my eye when I heard that. When I heard him say, where you are is not who you are. The very next day after he won that election as mayor of New York City. They said that Adams, I'm just going to read something to you quickly. Adams was born in Brownsville, Brooklyn on September the 1st, 1960. His mother worked double shifts as a house cleaner and had only received a third grade education. His father was a butcher who struggled with alcohol abuse. Both of his parents moved to New York City from Alabama in the 1950s. Adams was raised in a rat-infested tenement, tenement in Brooklyn, and his family was so poor, listen to this, his family was so poor that he often brought a bag of clothes to school with him in case of a sudden eviction from his home. Did you hear what I'm saying? He brought extra clothes just in case they got evicted that he would have some extra clothes why you know what I'm saying? This look this this look at what I'm saying here. However, in nineteen sixty-eight, his mother managed to save up enough money to buy a house and move the family to South Jamaica, Queens. Look at that. Third grade education. She was able to save up. See, even though she had a third grade and where she was is not who she was, right? Okay. At age fourteen, Adams joined a gang, the Seven Crowns, and became a tough little guy. He would hold money for local hustlers. Where he was is not who he was. He also ran errands, including purchasing groceries for a dancer and a part-time prostitute named Mickey. Where he was is not who he was. After she became injured. After that, Mickey refused to pay, so... Adams and his brother, they stole her TV and a money order. They were later arrested for criminal trespassing. While in police custody, they were beaten by the New York Police Department officers until a black cop intervened. Where he was is not who he was. Adams was sent to juvenile detention center for a few days before being sentenced to probation. He um he it says here that he all he suffered from post traumatic stress disorder after the incident, but he said but he has said that the violent encounter motivated him to enter law enforcement. So he went on and and it also says here that a local pastor added to his motivation when he suggested that by joining the force he could aid in reforming police culture from within. So where he was is not who he was. 
Yeah, he grew up in a rat-infested apartment. Yes, he joined the gang. Yes, he stole from somebody. That part of in that environment, but where he was is not who he was. And now recently, he did a lot of things in between there. He ended up um, um, a great career with the police department for 20 years. But then now he's the mayor. And I wanted to bring it up because when they interviewed him and talked about his life and where he grew up, and he said this to them on the news. He said, where I all, he said, this is how he said, he said, where I was is not who I was. And he said it to the people listening, where you are is not who you are. Now, if you're going through some things right now, and you might be, um, you know, struggling or living in, um, government subsidized housing, you might have to have um, um, SNAP benefits, food benefits for your children. Where you are is not who you are. I mean, I had to have um, food stamps. Y'all know that. I talked about that. You know, I had to believe God for a hotel room to be paid for weekly. I was living in a motel, but where I was is not who I was. Come on here. Somebody out there right now, where you are is not who you are. You might even be in, in an area where I'm dealing with this happened to fall upon this station today. You might just be happening to take another drink. You might be right there about to smoke a joint or about to do some other drug or maybe even an opioid or something. You might be about ready to take that and then you just happen to fall upon the Speak Life Now radio show today. And what I'm saying to you, where you are right now, sitting on your sofa, sitting outside, um, not knowing where you're going to sleep tonight or who you're going to sleep with tonight. Come on here, let's be real about it. Where you are is not who you are. It's not who you are. You got to know that. That you are embraced for impact. You have to know that even when in the midst of the time when you feel so alone. That, that you've been engulfed in loneliness. Like you're sinking in depression. You have to know that you're not alone. You have to know that his embrace, that even in that state of mind that you might have just went into, into a, a depth that you may not have the words to truly express what you're feeling, but where you are is not who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That God's embrace is still around you in the midst of the time when you feel like you're drowning in loneliness. You're drowning in the, the wrong thoughts. You got to know. You have to reach up and say, God, I know you are here with me. That you are still under his embrace. Embrace, even though there has been an impact, it could be a you could be lived, you could be in that season where the impact and the storm look like it's never going in. But I'm here to tell you today that it will end. It will end. 
Some of you that's listening have already have a track record where you could reference that you can say, Lord, I remember the time when you brought me out of this. Lord, I remember the time when I was deep in depression and you brought me out of that. Lord, I remember the time when the doctors had gave me a diagnosis, but God, you brought me out of that. Embrace for impact. Where you are is not who you are. I was talking to my cousin, a cousin of mine this week. And um, I was at work. And the Lord said, go ahead and answer. He got. He going to tell you something that's going to encourage you about your brother. That my brother that passed away. So I answered the phone. And he was talking about, because he had been in, been in the hospital for about three. He had, he was had some time in the hospital for about three months. He had taken ill. But he was also there with my brother the day before, um, the night, the evening before my brother was going in for heart transplant. At that time, they was going to give him a mechanical heart because um, um, he had been on the transplant list. But at this point, that was the only recourse. And when they were in there and he was looking out the hospital room and he noticed a certain view that he told me about. And he told my brother, because my brother had expressed certain things that he wanted. And my cousin said to him, my cousin Mac, said to him, um, Mac Crump, Mac Bay, said to him, um, you're going to get what you're looking for. You're going to get what you're looking for. And that might just sound like so cliche, but it wasn't. So the very next day, my brother had the mechanical heart, but the flesh heart showed up. And he was able to, he got what he was looking for because when he woke up, he thought he was going to have a mechanical heart. When he woke up, he actually had a flesh heart. Well, I'm not finished with the story. So my cousin Mac, like I said, he had to go into the hospital himself. And he was in the room, and they said, you want to open up the um, curtains, and I mean, the blinds? He was like, no, 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 I don't want none of that. I don't want none of that. And they asked him again. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to open up. No, 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 no. And then one day he woke up, and he noticed that somebody had opened the blinds up without telling, you know, without asking him because he was asleep. And he noticed, looking out the window, it was the exact same room that my, my brother was in, and they had a conversation because of the view. He knew it was the exact same room. At that moment, come on here, the words he spoke to my brother, he remembered. And he said out of his own mouth, I'm going to get what I'm looking for. I'm going to get what I'm looking for. So the doctors came in the room. A doctor came in the room and told him, look, you got, we got to put you on a transplant list. Um, there's nothing we can do. We're gonna have to, you're going to have to have a, a, a liver transplant. He was like, well, do what you got to do, dog. I understand. You're putting me on the list. Remember, he said, I'm going to get what I'm looking for. That doctor walked out. He said, it won't no more than 10 minutes or so. Another doctor walked in and said, "Um, we got you a liver. Do you want it? He said, you got 30 minutes to decide. From being from a six-month wait, come on here, to... That same day, he ended up getting that transplant. 
He was already embraced for impact, didn't quite understand it. He knew that when he saw and when looked out that window and he was in the same room and the Lord reminded him of the words he had spoke, not only to his cousin, but his best friend. He came back. Come on here. Came back and ministered to him. My brother ended up getting a transplant unexpected. And so did his best friend. He was embraced for the impact. I just wanted to share that story with you because we don't know what's going to happen when the impact comes. You know, it could for him it was a storm. He got sick. He was in the hospital for three months. Had to go through the recovery, do all of that. But he was still under the embrace of God. Somebody right now could be dealing with a major illness. And you may not know how this is going to end. You, you know? You may not know, but you got to be confident and assured that you're under God's embrace. Where you are is not who you are. I told you about the time that I had a diagnosis in the hospital, but I had to trust God. And I just want everybody that's listening today, where you are is not who you are. You thinking going paycheck to paycheck is going to be yo for the rest of your life? No. Where you are is not who you are. When you have moved on what God has told you to do, if you're living in an area that's, you know, may not be what the best, where you are right now is not who you are. Maybe you just there for an assignment. Like, like I said before, when I was at that motel, my assignment was really for the lady named Jeannie that was going to come. That was the beginning of my assignment was her to prevent her from committing suicide. I couldn't understand why I was there with all these drug addicts and prostitution going on. Where I was is not who I am. You might be working a job, making... um. Minimum wage right now, but that don't mean that's that's how it's gonna be. You just got to know that you are still under the embrace of God. He has not left you. And with the holiday season coming up. And you might think, I don't have enough to get what I what I want to get. Let the Lord show you how he can make things happen. I'm telling you, he'll do it. He can make things happen. He can make sure that you have what you need. He'll, he'll raise up other people to help or other people just to give to your children for Christmas. He would do that. He will give me, he will surprise you. Are you still saying God continue to surprise me with your goodness for the rest of my life? Are you still confessing that? Because I know when you can be under an impact, in an impact, and they have sent you in a place. Let's just talk about, you know, 
mental health and depression or what, you know, anxiety, panic. And you're like, wait a minute, why am I having a panic? Why am I dealing with this? Haven't I, am, am I, I thought I was over with this. Well, let's say you do have one. Do that mean that you're not who God said you are? Where you are is not who you are. Rejoice in that fact that you know God is still embracing you, that you're still under his embrace. That that Psalms 91 is still there. That you know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. You got to hold on to the word of God no matter what. When you are going through different things, you have to say, okay, I know God is right here. Remember Romans 8, 39, embrace for impact. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Thank you, Lord. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Where you are, where you are right now, physically where you are in your mind, you might be having a battle in your mind, where, where you are is not who you are. Once you know that you belong to God, once you know that you're so wrapped up in Christ, once you already know all these things, you just have to know. Remember the story that I told you about Eric Adams? He didn't stay. They didn't stay in the rat-infested place that they were in. This is the natural stuff. He didn't stay in the gangs. He didn't continue in crime. He ended up joining the police force to try to make some changes from within. Where you are is not who you are. And if you're in a place that you don't understand, ask God, it's like, Lord, 
Why am I here for this? What what is it that you want me to do? Why am I still in this location? What 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 is my assignment? And know that he has not forsaken you. If we look at Joseph, he didn't do anything wrong. But look at what happened to him. Thrown in a pit by his family, his brothers, thrown in jail. But made a slave in part of his life. All these different things. But it was all part of the assignment because he still was a man of God. So the man, to the men out there that might be feel like you're struggling in places and you don't understand what's going on. You might be working hard and, and trying to figure out things. Things may not even be feeling right at home. Where you are is not who you are. For the women out there, that that God, you know, God has a plan for your life. You you want, may want to um, start a business or go back to school. Your single moms out there, maybe believe in God for who your husband is and all of that to bring them in. But where you are right now is not who you are. But if you are in a place with your children and you have children. This is an amazing time for them and just to pour into them. I wish I could get that time back with my son. Um, You got to just realize that God has a plan for each and every one of us. He's not left you, even though you feel alone. But he's there. And, you know, a lot of people say that, well, you know you're not alone. Yeah, I know I'm not alone. Many times I've said, but, you know, that don't mean that you're not going to be lonely. That don't mean you don't, you know, want that time to spend with, you know, other people. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have those feelings. I'm just being real about it. And he was like, well, Lord, bring in the people that's supposed to be in my life. Because where I am is not who I am. And I know I'm under your embrace. So bring them in, Lord. And make sure I'm ready when they show up. Where you are is not who you are. And you are embraced for impact. As you go into this week, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for every listener tonight, today, that you will let them have a tangible, let them feel your presence. Let them feel your embrace. Let them see the direction you're taking them. Give them peace, even if they're in the midst of a storm. Give them peace in their mind and their atmosphere. Let's do an atmosphere change. If it is a storm, let the atmosphere atmosphere change right now where they are. Lord, I thank you in advance because I know it's already done. In your precious name, Jesus. As y'all go into this week, remember to speak life over yourself. You hear what I say? Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your neighborhood. 
Speak life over this nation. The key to it all is you have to speak life now. Heavenly Father, thank you for each one that's listening. And I'm declaring right now that you will continue to surprise them with your goodness for the rest of their life. I'll talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye.